T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. actually a really nice day outside kind of a beautiful friday afternoon of course the weather would change for the better right when i'm about to leave so you're welcome ray i'd like to uh congratulate you already on the breaking news that is sure to happen next week while i'm on vacation you got some major breaking news coming between now and march 1st it's my gift to you it's my gift to the radio station yeah the uh pretty lance trade Chicago. It's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, by the way. And they won't be getting Justin Fields in return. Do you, no, why would you need a quarterback to solve your quarterbacking problems? Um, do you know what a spirit animal is, Ray? Yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. You've heard of it. Um, if you had to describe spirit animal to get into uh, your favorite restaurant, how would you describe it? Pistol. No, I'm not asking what your spirit animal would be, oh. but I love that you went automatically to an animate object, not an animal. Well, I and you went with I a don't violent. Ha- I mean, weapon. I, I don't. I, I, I know the concept is out there, but I don't subscribe to it. So. Oh no! Well, I, I'm you know, I'm not, so I'm not sure what you're asking. Big subscribe. I well, I guess my point is, I just want to know what it is because I think I have found yours. I think I have found the spirit animal of Ray Ratto to the point where I was reading someone's work and had it just been handed to me, I would have said, that's Ray's. And it wasn't. Okay. So I found someone who is channeling their inner Ray Ratto as they're looking at lunatic off-season nonsense and predictions that the NFL is going to be offering us. And I will share the identity of your spirit animal and some things he had to write about this off-season in just a little bit. Okay. That's, that's called a tease in radio. Okay. Well, you didn't have to tease me, but that's fine. I'm not... At no point in time am I doing the show for you. That's comforting to know. I'm not doing the show for me either. Good. Uh, We are going to be doing the show with Albert Breer a little bit later on this hour. Ramona Shelburne is going to be joining us uh, talking about the first half, the all-star break. Is she going to Utah? Is she chasing a story up there? And will the Golden State Warriors be chasing anyone on the buyout market? Who are the names that she's got an eye on on the buyout market? Is there anyone that can affect what's going on? The juju of the Golden State Warriors. 
You know, I know that we talked about Kevin Love yesterday, Serge Ibaka yesterday, Ray. And look, if the Warriors are in the postseason, like I was just saying to Steiny and Guru, they're going to be facing, you know, Aiton and Jokic and Zubats and Sabonis and Jaron Jackson. Like, you cannot really expect Jamichael Green, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney to just handle any and all frontline problems beyond the center. We're talking about power forwards banging into us. Every team probably be about three, four, five deep at the position. We are two and a half deep conceptually because we're not pretending Draymond's a center. He's just an outstanding small ball five. The Warriors can't go into the postseason that short stacked, can they? And they did a year ago. I mean, they they beat they beat the Nuggets. Although that Nuggets team did not have anybody to go with Jokic. And I don't think they're worried that much about Zubats because I think their their idea is we'll just work at the fringes. We'll we'll you know if Zubac beats us, then we deserve to lose. Well, Zubats is like the least of your problems. Yeah, I'm just talking about large humans. They will be playing. Oh. Anthony Davis could be one of those large humans. As soon as he Zion decides he Williamson. wants, as soon as Anthony Davis wants to show me that he wants to play down low, then I'm. I mean, that, that's the thing is that other than Jokic, there is no pure center in this conference that makes you go, holy crap, we cannot guard him. And until Williamson comes back, I'm not sure that New Orleans is going to make the playoffs. I'm not even talking about specific matchups at center v. center position. I'm talking about human beings Oh, and it, fouls. You're going to have fouls to give. What if Draymond Green's got three quick ones on him middle of the first quarter? Then they're screwed. Right. You're probably screwed anyways. So what you need to do is be able to get Draymond out of that game at that point and not think, well, if anything now happens to Kevon Looney or Jermichael Green, we're really in trouble. You just need, I think, one more body, which is why, like we were talking yesterday, is Kevin Love perfect? No. Is Serge Ibaka perfect? No. The perfect is not available. Perfect isn't coming here to help the Golden State Warriors at any point in time between now and the end of the basketball season. So what can you kind of cobble out of thin air? We're going to talk to Ramona about that a little later today. Okay, yeah. I, what I think the answer to that is, is Jonathan Kaminga is going to get the minutes that everybody hoped two years ago that James Wiseman would have been able to provide. He's going to play a lot because he's going to have to. And he'll either stand or fall. A couple of uh, NFL things happening today. Apparently, the New York Jets are angling a first audience with Derek Carr. I believe he's going to be talking to them this weekend. The two of them are going to be in the same room together, Derek Carr and the Jets. So maybe that's the slice of news you're dealing with. Early next week. And the other piece of NFL news is probably the single most reported upon, covered, and controversial lateral move we've seen in a, in a really long time. Eric Bieniemy is leaving the defending World Series champions. or uh, World me, champions. World champions. No the Astros involved. wanted to retain him but could not. Couldn't do it. Bang a trash can. He is gone. Uh, Eric Bieniemy's leaving Kansas City Chiefs, not for a head coaching job, not to go back to college as a head coach somewhere, but to be the offensive coordinator of the Washington Commanders. 
Uh, there are a lot of opinions that immediately pop up. There are a lot of people look at this and they see a whole bunch of different things. Um, I can see the best case scenario. I can see the worst case scenario. And I'm willing to discuss it all today. What did you think of the news that Eric Bieniemy has to zig before he's allowed to zag into a head coaching position? Is this the burden of working for Andy Reid? It's partially the burden of working for Andy Reid. It's partially the burden of trying to impress white billionaires that you should have your shot. It's partly the fact that the perception of him a long time ago was that he could be a little argumentative and people don't like to hire people who say no. But I think mostly what this is, is Andy Reid finally telling him, look, I'm not leaving. And as long as I'm here, you're kind of stuck. I think you might want to start looking elsewhere. I don't think there was a firing. I think he would have loved to have kept him. But I think in fairness, he just walked out. He just told the enemy, I don't want to retire. And this is a, probably a job you should have. But I don't, I don't think it's going to be here. So do what you want to do. I because, think he did, because he did spend an awful lot of time after the Super Bowl mentioning the enemy over and over and over again. He was selling him to prospective suitors. And I think the the uh, of the jobs that were left, um, you know, they, they had already committed to Eagles coordinators. So I think this is probably the best shot he's got. I don't know that he has a promise from Ron Rivera about down the road. I don't even know who his owner might be in a year. So... He's taking a lot of things on faith, but I think ultimately he looked at the Kansas City situation and he realized he was glass ceilinged. Well, yeah, I think he realized that not only was he glass ceilinged in terms of that organization, but he's glass ceilinged in terms of perception. And then there is it would be ridiculous to not deny a racial element, but I really don't think that that was at play here. And a lot of people immediately say, well, it hasn't prevented other Andy Reid offensive coordinators from being promoted to a head coach somewhere else. And I would actually say, well, you're right about that. But I don't know if that's the evidence that you think helps your argument as much as it does. I would almost say it would support the argument of why Eric Bieniemy has to go somewhere else. Because if there's one thing we've learned about former Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinators is they weren't good head coaches. And when it came to calling plays, they weren't exactly outstanding at that either because that wasn't part of their job in Kansas City. So I think that there is a little, we've run this experiment with other people. It hasn't worked out well. Unfortunately, Andy Reid is regarded as the sole creator and architect of that offense. There's nothing that, perception can do to change that so you got to change the situation eric and go take what is not a generationally talented quarterback paired with a brilliant offensive mind why don't you go to a team that has no brilliant offensive attached to it especially at the position of quarterback and if you have any degree of success in Washington, you're either the next coach of that team when Rivera says thanks for the memories, or you now have 100% that was Eric Bieniemy to offer 
in the next coaching cycle that you go around to interview in. I would never say that there is nothing nefarious going on here, but I don't think that this is half as nefarious as some might suggest. No, we're going to get into this. Don't you go anywhere. Pay attention to the clock, Ray, because you're going to be watching the clock. I heard you're driving the show next week. Yeah, into the toilet. Should be great. Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. Look at this. We already got a lot of people on hold. They want to talk. Fantastic. We want to talk with you. We got Albert Breer at 345, Ramona at 415. Today, we're brought to you by AC Transit. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's gonna go! Alvarez ties the game! Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Live and local all day long on President's Day. That's the kind of station we are here for you on 95.7 The Game. we got Kruger and Alan Stiles in the morning from 6 to 10. Willard and Steiny going from 10 to 2. Whitey Gleason and Ray Ratto. 2 to 6 o'clock, a four-hour show. Oh, you're going to hate that. Oh, well, I'm, I'm walking off at 5, so they're on their own. You're going to be nice to Whitey if he's filling in. I can't imagine why. Well, I think you're going to be with him like for more than a week. I'm not coming back until March 1st. So don't go burning any bridges on day one. All right, Ray? You're kidding me. It's going to be a festival of arson in here. So we've got uh, uh, Albert Breer joining us in about a half an hour. He was just all over the Trey Lance offseason story, the speculation, what the Niners are obviously hoping for. He basically said, you know, this is a, a, a guy that they hope improves as a passer. This is someone who uh, they're not thrilled with necessarily as a runner. And since Albert Breer's talking about it, and we're constantly talking about it, we're going to talk to Albert Breer a little bit later on. We were just talking about Eric Bieniemy, and somebody, a very delicate listener from the 925, says, Damon, I'm so disappointed in you. You sound like a good old boy. That's just stupid. That's just stupid. We're talking about why Eric Bieniemy has to take another offensive coordinator position somewhere else before he gets an, a real crack at a, a head coaching job. And... Uh, I believe I said there's absolutely an element of racism involved in this. I think that 
there are elements that are are beyond that, though, and an element of well, what do you really do on Andy Reid's team? Because the other guys who were the offensive coordinators on Andy Reid's teams, they got hired as head coaches, and and I noticed they didn't get second cracks at that. So I think that there's a little guilt by association, a little bit of racism, and a little bit of enemy actually looking around and saying to himself, this is actually going to be good for me. Maybe Patrick Mahomes and winning these Super Bowls under Andy is not the stepping stone I want it to be. My God, I get Washington into the postseason? They'll make me commissioner of this league. Well, Ron Rivera will get the credit for that if that happens. But... I think, at least in this, I, I think there's been a, a pretty significant element of race in why he hasn't gotten second interviews other places before this. I think it's become clear to him finally that he has to leave Kansas City to get a look to eliminate the non-racist argument against him, right. which is that Andy Reid does all the heavy lifting there. And the truth is, if Andy Reid didn't like him, a, he wouldn't have kept him on, and B, he wouldn't have been selling him so hard this week. Uh, I think they probably sat down, and Andy Reid said, you might think about, if you want to get the head coaching job that you deserve, you probably need to go somewhere else. I think he would have kept him if he wanted to stay. Uh, he might have even made him the heir apparent, but Andy Reid gives no sign of wanting to retire. And at 64, that still puts him seven years younger than Bill Belichick. Now, how much longer is Eric Bieniemy supposed to wait? And so I think they came to the conclusion themselves that he's got to break away from the crib. That said, the fact that he didn't get other offerings before this, that's the part where, you know, saying, well, this really isn't racist, racistly tinged. That argument doesn't hold. I think this uh, this instance here is really about Andy Reid telling Eric Bieniemy, "Please stay if you want, but if you want to be a head coach, I think I'm probably sitting on your chest a little bit." Yeah, I think that it's it's an honest assessment of the situation that has him taking this job more than any. Well, that's the one reason, and that reason is nefarious, and therefore this is something that's, that's it's, it's all the way not good. I'm not saying it's all the way great, but it's not all the way bad either. I uh, got a little lucky. This is just you know by happenstance, right? The San Francisco Giants are playing the Kansas City Royals in the 2000 what was that, 14 World Series? Yeah, 10, 12, and 14. So 2014 World Series, uh, I am in Kansas City for like three, four days in a row. You might remember that went seven games. So now I'm back in Kansas City. So I'm around a radio station for almost a solid week's time. In that time, Ray, I made some friends in Kansas City who through you know, Super Bowl appearances, through uh, you know, being a, a... When we were once a long time ago, the flagship station of the Oakland Raiders, that was a division opponent, obviously, so I was a frequent... I got friends in Kansas City, and of the friends in Kansas City who I've talked to Eric Bieniemy about throughout the years, this is not new information. This is not information that I learned about Eric Bieniemy today. This is Eric Bieniemy information from years ago, from people who work there around the team, covering the team, around the coaches, around the Chiefs, have told me... If you get to know Eric Bieniemy, 
he's a pretty cool guy. If you get to know Eric Bieniemy, getting to know Eric Bieniemy is not easy. He's kind of a D-I-C-K. I've had several people tell me that without even really asking. They've sort of volunteered that information almost because they knew that they were going to be pinned under this. Well, the only problem here is that he's a black coach and that's why he's not getting an opportunity. It's, it's not all. It's, it's just not it. I'm not, I'm not trying to excuse the NFL of anything here, but the Eric Bieniemy situation is interesting to say the least. I hope he has a ton of success in Washington. I hope he goes to Washington, takes whoever the quarterback du jour is, and wins 12 games and shows everybody, I am really good at this, and what do you know, I am ready to be a head coach. And the other thing about you know how your radio friends in Kansas City described him, part of that might be, and I don't know this, I'm just suggesting, that assistant coaches on some staffs aren't really allowed to talk. And maybe they're perceiving that as him being standoffish when in fact, you know, how many times do you get to talk to an assistant coach of the 49ers? Not very often. And I think more and more coach head coaches are telling their assistants, you talk when you're spoken to by me. I mean, it just, it's... I don't, th- th- this has got nothing to do with, like, formal okay. press. Uh, just, this is personal hand-on, you know. Okay, you know, that's experience. why I asked. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I've never talked to him, so I don't know. Right. But it could be that he is terse. And if he does get hired as a head coach, that's probably going to be one of the first things he finds out, is that that doesn't sell anymore. And because coaches are now hired more by owners than by general managers... He's going to have to be able to sell himself in non-football ways to his non-football bosses. And I assume he can probably do that if he needs to. You know what helped Mike McDaniel get a job? Kyle did start offering him to the media yeah. in his final year here. Maybe that would be you know, a step that would get more people forward. Because, let's face it, when you're making... A head coaching hire, there's all the football's X's and O's that you need to tick off in terms of, does this person have what I'm looking for? But how you deal with the media is no longer like, that's eh, the other half of it. No, it's the half of it. It's really not the other half of it at all, because that is a half that can submarine whatever good half the other half of it is. It's, the, it's one of the things that owners pay attention to. Because they can't really dissect whether this is a good play call or that was good clock management. They want to know how how much they're going to get blowback from their friends if they say, boy, your coach is a real a-hole. That's the thing that, that owners care about. Because it's, it's the thing they're, they're competent to understand. It's how do my friends perceive this guy I hired? And so, yeah, he's going to have to get better at that. Or... He, maybe he's always been good at it. He just hasn't chosen to do it. I mean, again, I don't know. I'm a million miles away. But we're, we're going to talk think- uh, with Albert Breer about this as well. Not just Trey Lance, but the Eric Bieniemy uh, situation and and the NFL offseason is officially just underway. That's coming up. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero. David in San Francisco. Hello, David. You're on with Damon and Rado. What's up? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just calling about. It, the elephant in the room, and, and you, and you want to say it's, it's just a little, a little bit about it, but why do you think that 
this, 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 the black guy's only dick that's been hired or going to get hired or all these guys have gotten hired, there's only one black coach this year. That's a problem. And the owners, you're talking about their friends. The friends are going to be talking about why did you hire the black guy. It's not about the personality because if he wins, you fail them even. Well, I don't know. Look, I, you know, that's exactly what Skip Bayless was saying today. So I already saw his show. You don't need to regurgitate it. No, but I, th I think there are some valid points there as well. It's that it takes a lot to get an owner in the National Football League to hire a black coach to begin with. And if they can come up with a reason not to hire him, they'll seize upon it. And I think that's been the the enemy's biggest problem is that there's a there's a reason the either real or bogus for them not to hire him or even to interview him. And so they've seized upon it. I think that that is part of the problem. It's not the only problem. It's it's not, not no, 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 it's not the only right. problem. That's what I'm but saying. And the, but and we're talking about historically with him. I think that's been a major part of the problem. Yes. In terms of this right here, I think this is him needing to escape to get a shot. Because I think he knows that, like I said, he's glass ceilinged in Kansas City. We got Carlos. Calling from New York. Hello, Carlos. You're on 95.7 The Game. What do you got? I guess we we should probably check that out before we just assume that that person is still there. Just throwing that out there. Well, maybe he was there and then hung up. Maybe, well, might not at be some Randy's point, fault, although so much is. And so much is. Thanks, Ray. I'm here to help. That's good show-wide interaction right there. Yeah, I'm exhausted. It's, it's, it's like how Lebitard and company have made a, an entire industry. of Like, you feel like you're friends with everyone on the show. Oh, please, no. Grandy's just like, thanks, Ray. <laughs> He'd probably got like a 400,000 person Twitter follow just off that alone. Oh, and just in time because Twitter is once again trying to screw, it, screw itself up. Do you think the now that they're, uh, they're going to charge for two-factor identification? I don't even know what that means. If you have a Twitter account and you want to try to make it more secure... There's a thing called two-factor identification where, you know, to, to get in and to make sure that your account is safe, you have to do two forms of ID with Twitter. And basically they're saying, if you want two-factor identification to keep your account safer, we're going to charge you for that. And, you know, the whole idea behind Twitter was that it was free. And... This is going to blow up in Elon's face, just like everything else has. He's in slow motion strangling that that whole platform. But here's the Twitter is still free. No, but to get a to get a blue check mark, they charge you. Who wants that? Who cares? Some some people did. What they're doing is they're making tiers by which people who pay get more secure uh, Twitter service than people who don't. And it used to be free for everybody, egalitarian. And you got protection from, at least some protection from hacking. It's, it's Elon Musk trying to make this thing pencil out, when in fact it doesn't. He spent $44 billion on a thing he can't make a dime off of. And so he's trying to nickel dime the gullible. Yeah, I. And he will. You know what I think should be the standard operating procedure is if you see anyone with the blue check mark. If you if you paid for that blue check, first of all, I don't even know why I have one. I never asked for one. I just got one one day. There it was. I didn't ask for it. Probably your I former station it. manager gave you one. Maybe I don't know. I I don't know how it happened. 
Uh, if it disappeared tomorrow, my life is exactly the same. I wouldn't care one bit. Anyone who's paid for this check mark should be automatically blocked. Like, how desperate are you to be validated in social media that you would... I, I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. Maybe it's something that I, you know, like... Well, Damon, you got a show to go to every day, and you can just talk into a microphone, so you don't need the attention that some people crave. Maybe that's it. I don't, no, I don't think I would crave it. I, I could work in insurance. I wouldn't be desperate to be recognized with a blue check mark. No, the value of the blue check mark, because I once had one and then gave it up, is that if you have the blue check mark, it's harder for you to be hacked. Like if you're Adam Schefter and you have the blue check mark, and then somebody wants to put a phony. Adam Schefter tweet out there, and if you know Adam Schefter has a blue check mark and this guy doesn't, you know that's phony. That's the value of it, right? But it's now not, that anyone can have prestige. a check mark means there is no value. No, but it, not everybody can because not only do you have to go through the other hoops, you then have to pay for it. It's an additional hoop. They're charging for something that used to be free. Well, I'm glad that you sort of brought that up because. I think that's where sports is going. I think that's where big sports are going. I was reading a column by A.J. Perez in front office sports. And he basically said, you know, next year the NFL is kicking off the first season of its 10-year media rights cycle with Disney's ESPN, NBC's Universal, NBC Sports, Fox Sports, Fox Corporation, Paramount CBS Sports, and Amazon Prime. So they're in business with a lot of different businesses through 2033. It is a $110 billion media rights deal. And Ray, let's be totally honest. That decade's going to go by in the blink of an eye. What is also going to happen in the next decade is going to be such a dramatic media shift. Look at where we just were 10 years ago. Look at how media operated 10 years ago. And look at what it is now. It's a totally different thing. 10 years from now, 2033. What's football going to look like from a technology standpoint, from a franchise value standpoint? What will we pay to watch? Let me just ask. Ten years from now, Ray, do you think the Super Bowl is pay-per-view? Absolutely. And they will find out that a lot fewer people are going to watch. Because one of the values that made pro football enormous is that they came into your homes on Sunday and basically took your home over. Now they're operating as though having taken your home over, they're now going to become less of a service operation and more of a drug dealer. Now you're going to have to pay for it. You don't get the, you don't get the free taste anymore. And I think a lot of people are going to go, you know what? I'll pass. I don't know how many will, but it's going to be a significant number. Okay, so that to me is is i i think you're a billion percent wrong because all the people who are like this game oh my god i almost watched a person die on the field i'll never watch again literally you never turn that game off not through a commercial break it's the highest rated monday night football game ever this country is heroin level addicted to the nfl not only are they paying they're paying twice what you think they wouldn't pay they're paying ray they're all paying okay all of them then you can tell me why if that's true the NFL hasn't already done this. 
because they are still looking at linear television in a way that 10 years from now they will not be looking at linear television. Linear television for the moment, the last media rights deal was conceived in. That's the dance floor you're dancing on. That dance floor will not exist 10 years from now. People will pay through the nose to watch Logan Paul have an exhibition fight against Floyd Mayweather. A over-the-hill, borderline retired boxer against YouTube star gets a million people. That's about as niche and boutique a sporting event as you could possibly invent. And they can sell a million of those. Yeah, and how do you think the Super Bowl is going to do? It's not going to do 113 million. If you charge people for that, I mean, it, the reason why people don't go to bars on the day of the Super Bowl is because they don't want to have to pay. They like the fact that it comes into their homes for free. And that's, a, I mean, you know, with Logan Paul, you're going to have to pay. The Super Bowl has been free forever. And the example here is Twitter. But the it's, first minute it's not, people are going to be willing to pay. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure. 113 that. million? Well, here's the thing. I don't need 113 million people to go ahead and buy it. Well, then I need 50 million to buy it at 100 bucks a pop. But that's that's talking about the money, not about the audience. I'm talking about the audience. The audience will be dramatically less, and they may make more money out of it. That's the thing. Well, that's all but, it is. That's okay, all they care well, about. What well, do you then think we're the not, then, is? then we're not arguing, but I'm talking about the number of people who will pay for the Super Bowl, and it will be significantly fewer. It will be significantly fewer, but the minute the number of significantly fewer people willing to buy it, the minute that that revenue is greater than the revenue that linear television and a media rights deal would have provided the NFL, the NFL will hop in the smaller tent with a bigger wallet no and question. never, ever get out of that tent ever, ever again. No question, but that, again, is about the money. You asked me about the audience size. And if when you ask people to pay for something that used to be free, a lot of them just say, no, nah, I don't think I am. You figure out a way. I think you figure out a way, you finagle it. And again, this is not just about an audience size. I don't care about the size of the audience. Will the NFL be charging like a pay-per-view event? Or look at it this way. Ten years from now, next media right deal, 2033, I can promise you the Super Bowl is going to be behind a paywall. Oh, I, I, paywall, I, I, yeah, I, already, what, I already said that. What that paywall looks like, we don't know. The price on it, we don't know. The paywall could be dressed up as either the NFL's app, which is now you know their own Netflix, or they've sold, so sold their rights to Netflix um, for the first time ever. For the first time ever in recorded human history, data this year not just suggests, but predicts 2033, or excuse me, 2023, this year that we're in right now, is officially going to be the very first year where adults are going to spend more time watching digital video on platforms such as Netflix, TikTok, and YouTube than traditional television. And if that's this year, the only thing that we know is that there's never any going back. There were like the day they showed you the first DVR, there were never less DVRs. You know what I mean? There, the, the television and streaming and technology only goes in one direction. What is the new? I can't even imagine what things are going to be in ten years from now. Just go back to where it was ten years ago and look at how dramatically different the entire entire landscape is. Ten years ago. 
I mean, no team in Vegas, no gambling aspect at all. You had two, three networks top. Sunday ticket was on direct TV. Games were on Sunday and Monday. That's it. Now they're going to, th- there will be, I promise you, by the end of this decade, they're going to have Friday night football games. Oh, no question. No, they'll, they'll expand wherever they can. And the only place that they probably won't touch is Saturday afternoons and evenings. Just because that's, you know, that's, they, they're going to give that night to the colleges. Well, but every other night, they're, they're going to look like the Mac. But here's the thing it's smart to, to give the colleges. Yeah, a little bit because that's your feeder system. You have a you have a minor league that is maybe arguably the fifth most popular sport in America, college football on its own. You know, it's it's right there with all the majors, and it's free advertising for the product that is eventually going to hit your shelf in the NFL. It's, it's, it's oh. of, of course you'd never step on that. High school football, forget it. They'll step all over high school football. Oh yeah, they they're not. They're, they're, nothing will keep them from taking all the six other days. We have quite a bit to talk about with Albert Breer, including his latest report on Trey Lance and what his offseason, the 49ers hope, begins to look like. Don't you go anywhere. He joins us next here. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Damon Bruce, Ray Ratto with you here this Friday afternoon. We're very happy to be welcoming Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated, Monday morning quarterback podcast. And uh, we appreciate your time here, Albert. We, uh, Whenever anyone tweets about Trey Lance, we, we basically have to have them on the show. That's the way it works. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. You know, I thought it was interesting that you wrote that Trey Lance, you know, they, they wanted to improve as a passer. Obviously, Brock Purdy, he stepped into a situation, seemed to fee, you know, feel the game, see the field, interpret Shanahan's offense in a way that Trey did not early on in his career. But the real interesting part of it was when you talk about how he's not as skilled a runner as the 49ers had hoped. And I guess that's where we kind of wanted to start with you today. We've got a lot of stuff we want to get into you with. Uh, but is, is, is not skilled a runner just uh, a fancy way of saying he, he's not as fast as they had hoped? He's not what? What did you say in the last one? As just fast as they had hoped. Yeah, I think that that's probably part of it. I mean, I, I, I think there's more that goes into being a great runner at that position than just speed. Um, you know, but, like, you know, how elusive is he? Does he avoid contact when he needs to avoid contact? Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into being a really good runner from that position. And, you know, I think, you know, it's, it really is a catch-22, like, you know, having a guy who can do that sort of thing because, you don't want to expose him to too many hits, um, but you want to be able to maximize his athleticism. So I, I think that's a that's a big piece of of of, of what the, what they look at with Trey is, and one of the big reasons why they took him over Mac Jones in two thousand and uh, and twenty one was because they felt like he could help grow Shanahan's offense. Like Mac Jones could run Shanahan's offense, Trey Lance could help them grow Shanahan's offense and and change it and evolve it. And, um, you know, I, I think that that part of it is, you know, what he can be athletically, what he can do athletically to threaten the defense. And so, you know, I, I just think that there there's some things like that, um, you know, you hope he can work on and get better at. And, I, I mean, I, I, I think the one caveat we got to 
put on everything we say about Trey is that he just hasn't had a lot of reps, period, over the last five years. Like going back to high school, you know, he had the one year, then he had the one game his last year in college, didn't play at all as a rookie. Um, and, you know, in, in year two, um, you saw almost none of them. You know, so the amount of game reps he's had over the last five years, period, are really, really limited. And so there's a lot of room for growth, but there's also a lot of growing to do. That said, did you get the impression from any of the people you talked to that they're sort of working on a timeline here that if he doesn't become a better passer or a better runner this coming year for whatever reason, that they're that they're ready to cut bait on him? I don't have a cut bait, Ray. I, I think it's more, um, you know, does he get in the way of them making other decisions? at quarterback and you know I, I think if Brady had been available that would have been an option for him uh, I think they would have considered it last year during that six week like quote unquote retirement like you know I, there was definitely some you know some whispers you know in, in NFL circles that um, you know it wasn't just Brady looking at going to Miami last year it was Brady looking at going to San Francisco too so um, you know these are all things that are sort of part of the part of the picture with Trey, you know, and and so, you know, I, I think really as much as anything else, this is a critical year for Trey because they gotta make a decision on a fifth year option after this year. And what history tells us is if you get past that that point, you get past year three and the fifth year option hasn't been picked up, an extension hasn't been done, generally those guys are on their last legs with the teams that they're with. So um yeah, I mean I think this is a critical year because of where he is in his contract. Um, you know, and I think this is a critical year in that if he doesn't deliver, if Brock doesn't deliver, then they have to look at other options outside the organization because of how good their roster is. Um, so I would say there's there's plenty of pressure on Trey. Similar to like the pressure I think that was on Tua last year, you know, going into the year where, you know, the the Dolphins really loaded up around him and did a lot of things to accommodate him and try to get answers on him. Um, you know, the difference for, for Trey is Trey's gonna have to fight to get on the field too. And I'd say right now, like, he's going to have to fight his way past Brock Purdy, not the other way around. Yeah, it's amazing how just the reality for these guys has completely flipped. You'd figure, well, there's no investment with the final pick of the draft. Look at the draft capital for the other guy. And they're in the complete opposite positions. Albert Breer with us here on 95.7 The Game. Why do you think they actually started him this past year it only lasted two weeks before he broke his ankle but if he wasn't much of a natural thrower of the ball or seer of the field and they didn't like the way they moved why did they you know cast such an unknown as the right guy to begin trying to lead them to the super bowl which was clearly the goal of this year well it'd be silly to to think that the investment wasn't part of it right like so that's obvious right three first round picks are part of it but I think they believe they like. I, I think if you ask them, if you gave, if you gave them truth serum, what they would tell you is that you know last summer Jimmy Garoppolo was the best quarterback on the roster, but they there was a belief there that Trey Lance could pass him over the course of the year with game reps and getting to see things over and over again and getting to you know run run plays more often and you know like I think that there was a there was, there was a feeling there that if we can just get him reps and just play him and just have him fail some and succeed some that by the end of the year, 
they would have a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo. That was the idea of it. And, you know, I think that the other thing is they do believe in the person, you know, and um, he's a great kid. He works his ass off. Um, he spent the whole offseason working with Brandon Ayuk, you know, trying to, 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 to build chemistry there. Um, there's a lot to love about Trey Lance. Like, as a kid, he's A+, plus, you know. And, um, you know, really, like, this was about you know, his progress as a quarterback. And um, it's just such a unique case because of COVID, you know, his last year in college. And then because, you know, he was coming on to a, a, a championship-level team as a rookie, he just, again, he just lacked game reps. And so, you know, finding a way to get him those game reps um, you know, you figure he's going to get better over time if you get him those. And, you know, like, to be fair to the Niners, to be fair to Trey here, you know, Jalen Hurts is a great example of a guy who, like, I don't think he was anything close to what he is now uh, a year and a half ago, you know? Like, he just wasn't anywhere close to that. Um, but he's a great kid. He works his ass off. And he got better at things that quarterbacks generally don't get better at. He got better at anticipating. He got more accurate. And, you know, I, I, it's, it's rare that it happens that way. Um, but, you know, Trey certainly has the makeup of a guy who can make that happen. Do you think Jalen, I, I mean, to interrupt you here, Albert, but do you think yeah. Jalen Hurts is an actual, like, target of what they hope for? Or is Jalen Hurts just yeah, a cause I, celeb I mean, because he was just in the Super Bowl? I think there are a bunch of guys like this, you know, like I think because of the way the game is being played at the college level, there's a lot of this that happens, you know, so Jalen Hurts is one example. I think Justin Fields is another, you know, where, you know, Justin Fields just needed reps. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just needed to see things, you know, and I think me and the Bears going through that process learned a lot about Justin Fields. And they learned how to use Justin Fields. Now you learned... Um, they, 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 they learn what they needed to hide with Justin Fields. And I think, like, if they had full health from Trey Lance, they would have learned how to use him, and Trey would have grown, and I think it probably would have been fine, you know? Um, it just turns out that they wind up with Brock Purdy, who's really solid and efficient at running the Shanahan offense, and now, you know, that, of course, complicates things because, you have a team that's ready to win a championship right now that's square in the middle of the championship window um, with a loaded roster. And so, you know, I, I think it's this can't be just about developing a young quarterback now. This has to be about serving the guys in the roster. And, and you know, I, what best serves the guys in the roster right now? I'd say at this moment, probably the guys in the Niners building would tell you that, that, that Brock Purdy is the guy that best serves the guys in the roster in the pursuit of the championship. Not to change the subject, but to change the subject uh, from quarterbacks to quarterback. Uh, the Derek Carr saga in Oakland and Las Vegas yeah. uh, blew apart in a classically weird Raider-type way. So I'm not going to ask you where you think he's going, but I will ask you that whenever he gets there, how much of that sort of that Raider stank is... Carr going to have to get rid of himself in terms of how they, you know, sort of broke him down, how they, I think, over time made him a worse quarterback. Um, how much of that is going to impact a team's decision to take him? You know, I, I think, like, the, the decision right now, like, based on um, what he was last year and what he has been over nine years in the league, you know, it, it's, I think that, that the upside in Derek Carr right now is, 
can he be like Alex Smith was in Kansas City? You know, where he's, you know, your quarterback for a few years, you can win with him, you can build around him, and ultimately he finds you, he buys you time to get to the next guy, right? And, you know, I think in the right situation, Derek Carr can be that guy for you, you know? And, I, you know, I, I look at, like, if he were to go to Tennessee, could he do that for the Titans, you know, where they got a team that's ready to win right now, that's been ready to win. Um, you know, could he go there and sort of extend the window for the guys there and buy the Titans some time to find a younger quarterback? That's sort of what Ryan Tannehill has done for them the last few years, and it feels like the clock's run out on him a little bit now. So I think that's, that's, that, that's the next step for Derek Carr. It's how the Raiders actually envisioned him was that he was going to be the guy that was going to buy them time. It's just culturally, I think he wasn't the best fit for there, and that manifested you know, in October and November and the way he played. And so, you know, I think Carr's future sort of rides on finding a place that has players um, around him, is ready to win right now. And then, you know, I, I think you know, him going to a place where he can be a starter for two or three years um, and buy another team time to find their next quarterback. Albert, you got one more minute. We got a top of the hour, but I've, I've got one more question for you. You got another sure. second? Fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Let's uh, welcome everyone to your four o'clock hour. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.